He is a cardiothoracic surgeon. He really needs no introduction. He's a Columbia University professor, national TV show host, and his show is seen here on Channel 5 daily at 2 o'clock. Dr. Oz on the Bernie and Sid Show. Good morning, Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, welcome back. Perfect. Okay. All right. Uh, look, uh, he's a very busy guy. Oh, there, oh, there you are. he is. Hey, Dr. Raz, how are you, buddy? Very, very well. All right, nice to have you back. Thank hey, you for coming back. Doc, yes, thank you for that. Uh, listen, I want to ask you this question. Doctor, you were doing a uh, trial. Uh, is it true uh, on this hydroxychloroquine? Is it true that uh, in, in, here in New York you were doing I believe at Columbia Presbyterian. Is it true that Governor Cuomo shut it down? And if so, why? The governor shut it down because he passed a executive order saying that because he's worried about hoarding, he didn't want anyone prescribing the medication outside of patients in hospitals where he knew that doctors could directly give it to the patient lying in the hospital bed. So two weeks ago, right after we got the trial through the first phase, it got shut down. And that continues to today. I've got to say, I've been pushing hard uh, because I don't believe the governor appreciates that uh, we have enough pills now. They've been shipped from Washington. And more importantly, we have a randomized trial from China that shows its effectiveness. And uh, we have, I just spoke yesterday to Didier Raoul, the famous French researcher who's had a thousand patients now in a row on this medication together with azithromycin, which is EPAC. And he has seven people who, these are hospitalized patients. Seven people died and 20 who went to the ICU. So, you know, I, again, I can't prove the way we normally would talk about these medications that it's effective, but the drug has been around for 65 years, incredibly safe. On my show today, I have that French doctor. I have Dr. Wallace, who's Selena Gomez's doctor, who was uh, one of the busiest rheumatologists in the country and head of one of the societies. He says, we do not have complications with this drug, and we treat people all the time with it. So it seems to be safe. It seems to have enough of an effect that it's the number one selection from doctors, and I would argue that New Yorkers have a right to get it, and we're not allowed to right now. No, you're 100% right. I don't get it. Now, look, we've had Dr. Fauci on this show. He was uh, kind of taken aback. You used the words like wonder drug and amazed, and uh, your mouth was uh, jaw-opening. He, he said, I wouldn't go that far. And even Dr. Nicole Sapphire said she could understand why some people are hesitant to really get too excited about this drug. But I got to tell you, Dr. Raz, whether it's a small sample in France or a small sample in China, whether it's five people or 50, if it works, what the hell's the problem? What's the problem? Well, we're supposed to be reserved in our enthusiasm because medicine changes quickly and you find out that it wasn't quite what you expected. I get that. I'm, and I want to do the larger trials that Dr. Fauci wants. But you go to war with the army you have. Right. Doctors on the front lines are not pontificating about whether we should do this. Or, we have to do something. We have to make a decision. And there's a bunch of different options out there. But the best shown of the ones that we have is this cheap old drug that's really safe from what the rheumatologists are telling me. Again, they're the ones who have the experience. So we've actually made life a lot more complicated for Americans by making them believe there's a problem uh, that's not there. And I do think it's a doctor's decision with their patient. And doctors will prescribe it oftentimes once they've done their own homework and done their research. But you read about it in the press, anecdotal this. It's not anecdotal. Anecdotal is, I felt better when I did it. I had plenty of those too, by the way. There's lots of anecdotes that it works. But that's not the point. There's anecdotes that it doesn't work. That's not the issue. You actually have clinical trials showing benefit. And in the absence of better clinical trials, you work with the ones you got. Doctor, you cited uh, the Australian study, the French study, maybe even the Oklahoma study. Uh, we were just talking. Uh, there's a doctor out in Long Island, Plainview Hospital, Mohammed Alan, Dr. Mohammed Alan. He was treating elderly patients at three separate nursing homes out there. 
and he had an 81% success rate out of 45 uh, people he treated, 38 recovered, seven did not, two, uh, the, they, five went to the hospital, two died, but an 81% success rate out uh, Dr. Muhammad Alan in Plainview, uh, New York. Now, that's, that is, I, I don't know if that's anecdotal, if, if that number is small enough to be anecdotal, or if that's a, a study, but what do you think about that? I read the reports on him, and that I would say is anecdotal because they weren't all put through the same cookie-cutter model. They didn't get the exact same thing at the same day with the same test, the same uh, information. Uh, so I'm happy he published, he shared it because it's useful to know in an older, frail population that's extremely high risk that he felt there was some benefit. The guy in France, a thousand patients again. Should I say the number again? It's not a, a thousand patients. Yeah. Guy's world famous. I mean, he really is number one most referenced infectious disease guy in the world. He's not some fly-by-night guy. Mm. And he said that he gives everyone the exact same dose at the same time in the same condition. They get the same follow-up uh, evaluations. It's all the same. He's just telling you exactly what's he... And he said, I'm going to quote him, it is unethical to not offer this to patients. No. Patients may not want it. Doctors may decide against it because of side of issues, like they're on another medication, they may interact with this medication, or they've had a reaction in the past, or they're allergic to it. There's reasons not to use it, but it is unethical not to allow it to be shared. This is a guy who is respected around the world, and it's banned in New York. No, listen, we agree. I, I, listen I, I, to that, Governor Cuomo. And I got right. I got to think uh, if Governor Cuomo's uh, brother Chris was really sick, which he's not. Thank God. Thank God. But if he was on his deathbed like Boris Johnson, he'd allow his brother to use that drug. Trust me. Uh, yeah, one, can, can, can I say one thing? That's not how they use it. The way they use the drug, this is really important to understand. This is not a life-saving drug when you're dying. It's too late by then. You don't gotcha. die from the virus. You die from the civil war in your body fighting the virus. This drug is used as soon as you're diagnosed, and there's two reasons for that. It stops, theoretically, the virus from being able to do what it does to you, but it also makes you less infectious. So your viral loads go down very quickly. So, you're, so by five days out, they can discharge you to a ward if you're in the hospital, where, or, or you can leave your house because you don't have any virus coming out of your nose anymore. That's the goal. Make the virus behave more like the flu than COVID-19. That's amazing. Right, so last one, uh, putting medicines aside and the possibility of a vaccine a year from now aside, Dr. Raz, we are seeing examples even here in the state of New York where uh, the, the, uh, less people are getting infected, less people are dying. Maybe we're hitting the apex here quicker than we thought. It seems at least, and maybe we're just hoping for this, that uh, things are getting better quicker than most people thought, and the models are not accurate in terms of cases and death. Is that what you're seeing? I am seeing that. I'll tell you one thing that I noticed. I don't know if you remember. We shut down the 20th of March, but many of us were already shut down before then, right? A lot of the city had already pulled out. Yes. I was there in those last days before, just looking around. You could see that people were already doing the right things. And it's, like, it's, too, it's important for two reasons. One, it might explain why we're getting to the peak a couple days ahead. We, we, probably, we weren't expecting it till this weekend, but maybe we'll see. It's too early, by the way, maybe we, we don't, let's not get fooled. Maybe in the eye of the storm, too, right? Yeah. But... The second reality is it might be that when we come back, we don't have to be so draconian. Maybe if we actually are smart about social distancing and avoiding a lot of the foolish things we are doing, that it makes a difference. But there's some fundamental issues in New York. And I'll tell you the number one, the elevators. The buildings are big and high, and you don't want to walk up that many flights. And elevators are a cesspool for this virus. Whoa. Small space. There's no way to get more than six feet away from people. The guy who sneezed before you got on the elevator, you never even met him. Those virus particles circulate for 15, 20 minutes. There's no way we can guarantee people will be okay there. So we're going to have to wear masks, and we're going to have to deal with elevators and latrines. In the China studies, those are the two places that really were weaknesses where people just tend to get the virus from people they didn't know. Most other times, you actually know the people. 
Dr. Oz, you're very enlightening, and you're on the Great. front lines, and my God, we appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, we're going to let you go now, but we thank you very, very much for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show, taking time out of your busy day. Thank you, sir. I love being with you guys. Take care. Uh, we love you, too. The great Dr. Oz here on Bernie and Sid.